0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder from the Apple. Uh, this isn't just any episode, guys. We've hit a little milestone. Uh, this is the 100th episode of Simply Amazing. I just wanted to take a few minutes to uh, to say a few words about that. Uh, when our good friend Andrew Claudio asked me to be a guest host on, uh, on Next Stop Willits Point a few years ago, that was the first time I'd spoken into a microphone since... I don't know, running for student council in like sixth grade. If I recall correctly, I got my ass handed to me. Um, Andrew thought I could hack it. Um, we had a nice little chemistry and and off we went. Um, I guested with Andrew. He was certainly the host of that show. He was amazing. Uh, until his journey took him on to bigger and better things. Um, just like that, I had my own show. And uh, it should be said, the progress that we've made uh, since that point, would have never been possible without Andrew's guidance his patience, his ridiculous work ethic, I mean my dude works the graveyard shift, he does mo- He does all of his best work between the hours of like midnight and 3am, I'm not joking uh, by the way, check out Nick's Film School if you guys have been following throughout the season, it's the best Nick's content around uh, If again, if you've watched, you know the type of fun that they have over there, definitely follow along Um, And another integral part of this show's evolution was the presence of um, one of the most knowledgeable baseball minds that I've ever come across, and someone I consider just a great friend, uh, Jacob Resnick. Um, Jacob came on as my Sunday co-host, and, and, you know, we were still, both of us, um, just kind of learning together and from each other, and... And now he's off doing his thing on Mets Perspective on SNY. I could not be prouder of my guy. And I'm even happy for Joe DiMeo. I've given Joe a very hard time in the past, and I apologize for that. And uh, Joe, I'm sorry for being a dick. Keep killing it. Uh, You guys are doing great. And um, it's really cool to see you guys taking off. Uh, Keep on doing your thing. But, you know, even looking back, when I split for Metsmerized a few months ago, you know, the Apple was not a thing yet. Um, again, this is just a small window of time, but simply amazing was, was all I had at the time, and that was my constant. It's, it's, it, it made me realize how strange it's of a, I guess a journey it's been from this going from like a fun little lark to a, a passion over the course of a hundred episodes. I never thought that a podcast would be even on my horizon. Uh, I always knew I could write once I said, oh well, I'm gonna give this a shot. Um, you know i thought that was it i you know i did well in sales in the past especially on the phone but i never expected to be using my voice in this manner um i'm having a, a, a blast doing it too it's it's uh it's been really fun building a little base of listeners that's been awesome uh, getting feedback even positive and negative you know building uh the camaraderie of of, of hey this is simply amazing these are our listeners this is it's it's the progress, the the process itself—it's all been beautiful. Uh, it wasn't an active decision to start doing more episodes on my own as of late. Um, it was always a, a pool I wanted to jump into, if only just to get better at this. But without a guest, um, most of the time, building that that base has kind of taken a front seat, and it's it's we're moving right along, you know. And and without having a guest, we certainly saw the dip as losing the uh the platform that we had on nexmerized of course we lose some listeners on on that front but watching our core listenership build in the past couple of months doing a lot of episodes on my own that's like that's made me prouder than anything i don't you know the episodes that we hit a thousand or whatever downloads that's you know that was awesome to see but seeing just me and you guys listening to just me, just sitting here riffing, talking shit about the Mets half of the time, talking out of my ass. You know, I have bullet points, but that's about it. <laughs> um, you know, you guys coming back and listening, and every week, I could, you know, I have the the analytics and the metrics, and it's um, it's it's heartwarming stuff. It's been uh, it's been really cool. But um, you know, I don't care if we get a thousand downloads a week or, or a thousand downloads an episode or or a dozen. I don't care. Um, you folks are the core, and I absolutely love you for it. Um, onward and upward! <laughs> it's absolutely so cool to see that little phrase being uh, picked up and used more frequently. Um, I started using that as a, a little closing line at a, a mesmerized. This is you know years ago, um, and you know I throw it in every now and then, a little inspirational thing. But now Marky Stroman's using it. Uh, Our great friend over at Athlete Logos, Dan, has been using it and some of his excellent uh, graphics. And, you know, of course, I'm not going to claim ownership over it. I saw it somewhere myself. But, um, boy, it's become an absolute credo. Just keep moving forward, baby. That's what it's all about. And that's, you know, um, that's kind of what we're about here. We've come, you know, a long way since, uh, you know, doing an episode a week. And now, you know, I I rotate my week around this. Like oh okay cool you know I have to get content out this day this day this day oh well hey simply amazing's coming out this day give give the old uh, keyboard a rest whatever the case may be um, you know we just keep on moving forward and I I, I understand that not every second of every episode is going to be this you know enthralling content I'm still learning too but uh, I think we're having fun today is not going to be a solo show though uh, again we're coming full circle. Andrew was almost able to pull off an appearance but had prior engagements and my best wishes over there my friend Um, But Jacob Resnick from SNY is here to kick it with us We're gonna talk some Metropolitans. We're gonna talk some miners. There's a lot of excitement going on in Brooklyn We're gonna celebrate a watershed moment for simply amazing So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Andrew hit that music my man And hello again. As promised, uh, we couldn't be happier to welcome back Jacob Resnick of SNY back to the show. Uh, Truly coming full circle. I mentioned it in the intro. Everyone, please check out Mets Perspective on SNY TV with Jacob and Joe DeMayo. Full service stop for everything Mets minors. Uh, A lot of great insight. Cool guests. Jacob, what's happening, man? How's the new gig?
1: Uh, not much going on. It's, uh, it's great to, to be back on with you. And yeah, thanks for the, uh, the shout out for the show. It's been a lot of fun to, to get that going two episodes down so far. Um, but yeah, no, just great back. Great to be back with you. Episode, uh, 100, which is crazy to, to think about when we, uh, we're doing these, uh, pretty regularly, you know, back at the, you know, end of the 2019 season all through that winter. And then when, uh, when the COVID stuff was going down a year ago and, uh, you know, so, so I'm just happy to, uh, to be back with you to, to celebrate this milestone.
0: Yeah, man, I really couldn't be happier to have you back. i um, very proud of where the show has been. I mean, you know, we were doing this down in the teens, down in the single digits and, uh, yeah, you know, coming right along, uh, building a little base and, and, uh, having a, having a really great time doing it. But, uh, first things first, Jacob, I- I'll need to check your fingers for foreign substances. <laughs> Before we start. Okay. Uh, A <laughs> little, little sticky, little sticky. <laughs> I'm quite familiar with the sticky icky, but nothing like we're seeing this season. Um, <laughs> of course, everyone, if you haven't checked out Stephanie Epstein's article over at sports Illustrated this week, um, lots of anonymous sources from around the league. Uh, lots of detail about just how widespread and how far some of these, uh, it almost feels like science experiments are going, but um the league is cracking down on substances being applied to the ball. Uh, at least from a Mets fan's perspective, it doesn't appear like Jacob deGrom is among those being suspected of uh, nefarious activity. Sunscreen and rosin don't really produce results like this. Uh, what, we're, what we're witnessing now is just it's greatness. Um, you've all seen the stats by now. 0.62 ERA. It's lowest in Major League history through nine starts. Uh, at least since earned runs began being uh, being counted as stats, which is a, a mind blowing little phrase in itself. Um, the fastball velocity, the strikeouts, the confidence, the dominance. Uh, talked about it a little a little bit at the Apple on Sunday. Um, if, at this pace, I think Jacob Degrom would finish the season with like 13 or 14 earned runs allowed. Uh, the record for the fewest earned runs allowed in the season by a qualified starter is 24. That's Dutch Leonard in 1914. He made 25 starts and 36 appearances. Uh, the fewest allowed by a pitcher with at least 21—excuse me, 28 starts in a season—is 32. And that's Mordecai Brown in 1906. Jacob, um, I know people have tried to put their finger on how he's doing it. Um, I, I think that's just an exercise in futility. He's just a, a, a cut above the rest. Well, what's happening here?
1: Oh man, I wish I had an answer, but you know, great, it was a uh, great, great of you to bring up those names uh, from my childhood, Dutch and, uh, and uh, Mordecai, you know, those were, those were great guys. I used to love watching. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, uh, to, to watch what's going on every five days. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, Something worth staying up until one a.m. on the East Coast to watch uh, on on the West Coast. Um, it just it seems like he has this uncanny ability to just consistently know what is going on with his body. In every everything is connected to each other, and he's just his his brain is connected to his arm and his legs and and everything in a way that that just no one really. Really has uh, been able to demonstrate in uh, in the game, uh, or, or that we've we've seen in a while. Um, so it's really really something special. I mean, just to, to listen to him in, in his post game press conferences talk about. Uh, how he felt and you know obviously we we look at him we watch him and and it's it's otherworldly and then he'll you know talk about in his post game press conference how oh in the fourth inning you know I didn't I didn't feel like my delivery was was perfect and and I I you know felt something off here with how I was you know releasing the ball and it's just something that that we can't even we can't even quantify because we're just not of the same species (laughs) as he is so um, it's just it's really a pleasure to watch especially uh you know from from coming from the generation that that did not get to see uh you know Tom Seaver or or Dwight Gooden pitch um, as as uh, howie rose put it uh, beautifully on on twitter uh sunday morning you know take take advantage of this uh for all the young guys out there watching you know guys and girls watching watching this guy pitch because uh that's kind of something we we rarely have have seen in uh, in the history of this game
0: yeah, I said it. Uh, I said it on the Apple Sunday. I think I closed it up with, you know, our our great grandkids are going to be asking our kids about Jacob Degrom. That that's that's how um, just next level he's been. Um, it, it, there's it, it, he just keeps getting better and better. And I know that biomechanics and and his de- dedication to his craft, um, you know, it all plays into it, and and it, it, it's it's. <laughs> Like you said, it's almost inexplicable. The guy's an alien. He, he's just, uh, you know, cut from a different cloth. But, um, you know, as the Mets rotation as a whole, uh, they've been kind of keeping up. Well, <laughs> all things considered, or keeping up with him, uh, with Degrom, Um, Stroman held the Padres to one, one earned, uh, one run unearned over seven innings on, on Sunday, uh, gaining a, a series split. That was absolutely huge. Um, Taiwan Walker having a, just a terrific season. Nobody's walking anybody. Um, You know, Joey Lacaze seems to be finding his way. Um I know we've talked a bunch about, I guess, internal competition and, and you know, how much you can really keep up with Jacob DeGrom is a, <laughs> it's not really a question that could be answered, but do you think that level of greatness up at the front, just kind of, I know it's, it's, strange to be asking someone not in this situation, the question, but um, you know, that, that kind of has to be a a driving force everyone else to, to, to step their game up. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think we hear it consistently from everyone, not just the pitching staff, but everyone on this team that they have such a close bond with each other and they're, they're constantly rooting for each other and and helping each other get better. And uh, I'm sure that manifests itself, uh, especially in, in the starting rotation and, Uh, you know, those guys, the other four guys in the rotation want to be as, as good as they can. And when you have the the best person at that specific, uh, activity (laughs) to put it one way, you know, in, in your clubhouse every day, uh, why not, uh, you know, do, do whatever you can to, to pick his brain. And it's kind of crazy to think about that, that someone like, uh you know, Taiwan Walker has been in professional baseball longer than Jacob DeGrom, or, you know, something like that. Uh, but DeGrom has has just kind of ascended to this, this role. And, uh, I'm sure he's, you know, he, he's, he's definitely strikes me as the guy that, uh, is more than willing to, to help these guys, uh, improve their game. And, uh, but on the other side, I'm sure there are plenty of things that DeGrom can do that those guys just aren't able to do no matter how hard they try, no matter how many tweaks they would try to make. Um, but no, I think just the the closeness and, and uh, bond that this entire team has is uh, really something that's been fun to watch. And uh, hopefully it manifests itself over the, the rest of the season and into guys improving and getting better and turning that into more
0: wins. Oh, for sure. And just the type of adversity they've had to deal with so far. Um, you know, that getting through that and getting through that successfully with a, a – you know, a cushion in the division. Um, everyone's playing well. We'll talk about the, the, the ever-expanding bench mob in a little bit. But, um, you know, even back to the, to the rotation, I mean, looking at Joey Lucchese, who, you know, over the first six weeks of the season, you know, he didn't really appear to have a lot of confidence going for him. Uh, he's made some adjustments. He's playing to his strengths. The team's using him in a in a very uh, opportune way. That's really limiting uh, his exposure or vulnerability to to getting hit hard. And he appears to turn to turn a corner. And like you know, the same thing to point to Degrom, kind of you know, seeing what confidence can do. Especially looking at Strowman, seeing what confidence can do. Um, you know, even if Lucchese going for and Giselman or whoever else is going and piggybacking off of him, you know, it, it's. I guess I think it's a more traversable course than hoping for a solid six elsewhere, you know, based on like David Peterson's inconsistencies, uh, inconsistencies. I think it's probably fair to assume that Lou pulling ahead of him in the, in the pecking order. Um, but the, it's just, just the overall consistency and everyone, like you said, on the same page, that group mentality, that, that, you know, uh, we're, we're all in this together is a, uh, it's taken hold and it's doing so at so many different levels. I mean, you could even look at the bullpen. Um, it's been terrific. I mean, Trevor may finish things up on Sunday, a bit shakily, and he really hasn't been crisp as of late, but, you know, familiar stepping up. I think unexpected would probably be lacking as an accurate description there. Um, it, I think it, it just, it, it all ties in so, so well to the, uh, just the, the the identity that this team gained over the first six weeks of the season fighting through all of this. And uh, yeah, I, do you have any, I, I wanted to ask you about Trevor May before I moved on, but any concerns there as far as um, his recent inconsistency? Because he was pretty solid for going on like, I think nine or 10 appearances in a row. Uh, he was uh, scoreless. He was lights out. Hasn't really been the same. Any uh, Any concerns or thoughts on that? Yeah, I think at
1: one point, it, it was a little concerning to see his velocity start to dip closer to the ninety four range, uh, but pretty sure he was back up to you know his usual uh, ninety seven ninety eight on uh, on Sunday. So in terms of his his stuff, I think he's still still locked in. It's just you know some probably some tweaks he's going to have to make to to tighten things up because he is kind of getting. Battered around a little bit but uh you know luckily the the rest of the guys are, are picking him up and you know he's he's a, a veteran guy who's had success for a long time and i think he'll he'll be able to make the, the necessary adjustments so um it hasn't been going on long enough for me to really be worried about him for the rest of the season just a kind of
0: a rough patch that he'll have to uh have to smooth over yeah I and mean, when you have the depth around you that can kind of pick up the slack for you which in every direction you look in that bullpen and it's kind of been the case and I, I just talked about Familia but you know Loop's been terrific um, I spoke I talked about gazelleman earlier he's been great um, yeah just the uh, <laughs> everything's coming together and it's really very impressive we're going to continue on this topic when we come back we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick hang tight and uh, yeah we'll, we'll get right back to it and welcome back so we're talking about the the identity, everyone kind of having each other's backs, uh, picking each other up, the entire team kind of picking, picking themselves up, uh, even after small rough patches. I think Louis Rojas kind of, I know we've talked about it on the show in the past, has to be in the discussion or at least early discussion for manager of the year. Even when things were at their bleakest, the message really hasn't wavered from him. And that speaks volumes about a, a 39-year-old manager's leadership skills also, it blows my mind constantly that Rojas is only two years older than me. Um, so I guess I got to get my resume together. <laughs> uh, Jacob, the next man up mentality is has taken hold. Uh, that's got to be considered a direct result of Rojas and some of the veteran leadership in that clubhouse, right?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, about as as dire of a situation as you could draw up with the amount of guys who have gone down and the amount of important key guys who have gone down uh it's it was really uh you know depressing to a point when you know you lose Conforto and McNeil and Nemo and Davis and Guillaume and and you know, keep going down the line and then on top of that Kevin Pillar the, the spiritual leader of this team gets hit square in the face with a fastball um but then you have Jose Peraza stepping up uh Billy McKinney uh acquired for a 17 year old uh, left-handed pitcher uh, <laughs> comes out of nowhere to, uh, you know, start putting some good at bats and, and hitting the ball hard and Brandon jury's hitting home runs and uh, Mason Williams is, is coming up from AAA and, and giving them uh, good at bats and Tomas Nito and, you know, just keep going down the line. Uh, it's really been uh, encouraging just to, to see, see what they've been able to do. And, you know, is it sustainable? I don't know. Is it fun to watch right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, you just kind of have to hope that uh, the guys who are out are able to recover in a uh, in a in a short short period of time, and you don't want to rush those guys back because we've seen a couple of them start rehab assignments and then needed to uh, to shut them down. But um, you know, it, it's uh, it's really been a an emotional boost to, to put it one way to, to see these guys kind of step up and, and plug the holes. And uh, it's compared, compared to the usual uh, late May, early June fill-ins we're used to seeing in the past, um, you know, the, the John Mayberry juniors and the Eric Campbell's uh, certainly, certainly been fun to, to watch these guys produce and, you know, credit to the Mets for picking these guys up and, and, you know, identifying guys like Peraza in the, in the off season and uh, picking up, uh, you know, Brandon jury and Mason Williams and all those guys that I named the uh, credit to the, to the front office for, for getting those guys in the fold and, you know, just, just hope that they can continue to, uh, to plug the holes until, until the big guys are back.
0: Oh, I agree. And they've done such a great job of it so hard so far. Like, like you were saying, like guys like VR, um, Pilar, even before he went down and now that he's back, um, Peraza, McKinney, Mason Williams, Drury, all the guys that you just listed, you know, all of them coming in and stepping up is just, it's been something else. I think you add that to the, the slow starting regulars, at least the ones who remained healthy um, coming around. And, and this train is a moving, uh, you know, Francisco Lindor has been hot. Dom Smith has been turning it around considerably. James McCann has been absolutely on a tear. Another two run homer on Sunday. Uh, Pete Alonzo returned from the IL. Absolutely mashing. And like we said before the break, it's all equated to a, a three and a half game lead in the East heading into Monday's off day. Um, a shit ton of momentum. You know, it's just it's been so um, so much drama packed into you know two months of season, or, or a little bit more now. But uh, well, well, with the postponements, it's probably actually a little bit less. But uh, it, it's just um, it again, I think I, it goes back to the leadership, and I think I don't think that's strictly on, on Louis Rojas. I think that goes to even further to the guys in the clubhouse that have been there that the. You know the veteran guys, the the Marcus Stroman's in 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 the in the locker room. The um, you know, you could look around anywhere. Any of those veterans who who have been there, even the guys, you know, who have been with this organization over the past few years, um, who are now back in the clubhouse, maybe not playing, but like the Confortos and the McNeils. You know, these experiences gained, and um, it's just, I guess, to kind of see the. Uh, the transformation of the of the young core almost go to like the 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 veteran leadership group in the uh, in the clubhouse, and they're not even healthy right now. But I don't know. I guess I kind of got off on a little riff there. But I no, you know, it's just-
1: I, I agree with you. I, I think that's kind of something that's been lacking in the past. You know, it's been such a young core that when guys have gone through slumps, you know, someone like Ahmed Rosario or, or whoever. Um, it's kind of like, they're just kind of out there fending for themselves and who do you, you know, the guy in the locker next to you, well, he's only been in the big leagues for a year or a couple months. So, um, having, you know, the guys like Stroman and Walker who are experienced and having success, uh, I think is, is just huge for, for everyone. And just that, that mix of, of veterans and, and young guys, young, exciting guys with, with long futures ahead of them is, is really, you know, in, in, promising and, and exciting to to watch, not just for this year, but going forward.
0: Now, considering the the lengthy absences that they're dealing with in Conforto and Nimmo and Davis and McNeil and the, the lack of upper level depth that at least hasn't already been used, um, do you think an external move might be on the horizon? And if so, do you think they kind of jump that ship sooner rather than later?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not too sure because I don't really know uh, or I mean I, I, I know the names that have been floated you know the Eduardo Escobars and whoever else uh, I don't know um, how realistic any of the the names that have been floated are um, whether it's it's worth uh, bec- you know because when this lineup is fully healthy it's it's stacked from yeah. from one to, to eight and and add in the the pitching staff when, when it's healthy um, so, so is it worth spending assets on uh, a quality player who might get pushed to the side, or might push someone else to the side uh, when uh, when everyone else has, is healthy. So, I think it'll be important to continue to monitor the the market for you know marginal additions and and the waiver wire, keeping tabs on that. And um, you know at the the times when uh, minor league uh, you know veterans start to get released, and you want to pick those guys up and add them into the fold. So. Uh, I, I don't really envision a, a notable, you know, big move being made, but uh, I, I think they'll, they'll continue to to monitor the uh, the ability to make some some additions on the margin for sure.
0: Yeah, I think you always have to keep your your options open. Um, I really, I mean, selfishly, of course, I really wish that the the injuries that were lingering were more cut and dry. Things like hamstrings and things like pain in your hand when you swing, you know, those, those could, you know, we, we really, they were talking about it on the broadcast today. We don't know how long Conforto is going to be shelved or Nimmo or McNeil is going to be shelved. I mean, last we heard, I think it was end of June, but you know, that's, that might even be wishful thinking at this point. Uh, Davis keeps on getting set back. Um, Nimmo has had issues. Like we just said, swinging without pain. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be against exploring options. Um, I, I, I'm certainly not thrilled about the prospect of having to move a a higher profile, lower level, lower minors level prospect. One of the bigger names that the Mets have done so good with, kind of bringing into the system in the last few years, um, just to go out and get a a, a fill in. Um, you know, there's there's certainly options on both sides of the table there, but speaking about the, the minor system i mean you know at least at, at towards the higher levels that's pretty much paired <laughs> i mean the mets are going to utilize whoever they can from that um from that batch of players now but uh you know in brooklyn which of course is uh jacob's been covering the mets minor league system for sny these days as we said hosting mets perspective with joe demeo on sny.tv so um the next brand level of excitement that's going on in Brooklyn between Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Ronnie Mauricio, um, even Duplantier who he's been getting regular playing time and actually playing. Okay. I think, Uh, you know, this is, if to me a core that you don't really want to break up, um, I guess. So one is these, untouchables that they talked about early on in the, uh, in the off season when bigger trades were being discussed now that they're performing, do you think these guys are still untouchables? And do you see any sort of deal where these guys would be deemed available? I guess it's kind of one in the same question, but, uh, please. I'd love to hear about what's (laughs) going on in Brooklyn and, and the future for these guys. And, uh, it's got to yeah. be a great chance they stay in Queens, right?
1: Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't really see them uh, moving on from anyone. I mean, it's uh, it's a core that they haven't really had, uh, you know, at one time in uh, in the minors and in many many years. Uh, it's always been kind of a, a year where you got really one guy at the top, and you know, it's really hasn't been since uh, you know you had Nemo and and Dom Smith and. Uh, Zach Wheeler and and all those guys in in the minors. Uh, maybe that wasn't at the same time, but you know that that era, the early 2010s, the beginning of the the Sandy Alderson tenure, where they they've had uh, all these guys in the minors at the same time that they've been really, uh, you know, that you've been salivating over as, as a Mets fan. Um, so it's been a really exciting time to to be following this stuff, and uh, I, I think that. I guess, mindset that they established in, in the off season saying, you know, we have five or six guys who we uh, are not going to to move in, in any trade. Uh, I think that uh, holds true now. And if not uh, the same amount, even more now that, that uh, these guys are performing. And like you mentioned, uh, Beatty and, and Alvarez and Mauricio are just absolutely tearing it up, especially this, this past week, they, we're down uh, at Jersey Shore, and Beatty in particular entered the entered the week with no home runs in in a month's worth of games, and then he hit four this week. So he's starting to find his stroke. And uh, Alvarez has had a bit of an adjustment period as he gets got uh, promoted from St. Lucie to Brooklyn. But uh, every so often he's flashed his power, which you know from someone his age, his size is just uh, really really special. And then Mauricio, there you know been some. Uh, questionable, I guess, issues with his approach. He's striking out a lot. He's really, uh, you know, hasn't looked great on facing off-speed pitches. But again, every once in a while, he'll run into a pitch and he can drive it 450 feet to dead center like he did the other night. So um, it's been exciting and especially to have it all concentrated at that one level. Obviously, you know, there are other guys here and there. Mark Vientos is in double-A. He's starting to find his stroke and JT Ginn just made his, First start, uh, first pro start after he rehab from Tommy John's surgery down in St. Lucie. Um, so it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time, and I'm uh, happy that you know Mets fans are, are taking an interest in these guys um, because there's plenty to uh, plenty to talk about, and hopefully, and I'm expecting that one day we'll we'll be watching all these guys in Queens.
0: Um, Mauricio has been taking reps at third base, right?
1: I. Don't believe he has played
0: a third. Oh, I, I, I mean, thought he got to start at third base. Oh, I could have sworn I saw that. Okay, maybe I one, but I I don't uh, I don't recall that. And um, they, they said this spring it, he was going to start to see a little uh, a little rotation around the infield, right? Yeah, I mean, it. it uh,
1: I, I think they've briefly exposed him to other infield positions, and you know, more just like taking ground balls there. But no, he's he started all all of his games at other shortstop or DH so far, Um, which, you know, I I guess at this point, you know, he's still only 20 years old. Let him, let him focus on, on what he's good at. It's still kind of a ways away from when they're going to have to (laughs) make a decision, you know, knock on wood that they have to make the decision between uh, Lindor and and Mauricio if it ever comes to that. So uh, yeah, but for the most part it's been Beatty and Mauricio on
0: that left side at their, at their natural positions. Um, and Beatty, I, I I don't know. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I don't, I come unprepared. Um, how are his strikeouts this year? I know that was a big issue with him in the past.
1: Yeah. So he struck out, I have the numbers entering Sunday, but, uh, struck out 23 times, 15 walks. Um, you know, I've kind of noticed that a few of his strikeouts have been of the, uh, looking variety and they've been, uh, you know, a victim of the the questionable low minors, umpires. So, uh, I have no, no real issues with his bat to ball skills. Um, you know, his, his plate discipline, his eye at the plate is, is really, uh, really impressive for his age. So, um, as he starts to face pitchers in the upper minors, I'll be interested to see how his, how his batting average, where, where it settles. Um, I, I don't think he's a, a 290 hitter at the major league level, I think it's more in the 250, you know, if you're lucky level, uh, with obviously you know 30 homer potential, but uh, certainly certainly good early returns here as he you know as he's in Brooklyn,
0: and Alvarez is just hitting freaking tanks. He's a, he's a tank himself. I saw yeah. a couple of pictures of him from the weekend. <laughs> By the way, these guys all smashing in, in, in Jersey shore. This wouldn't be the first time for many of us that you leave the Jersey for Jersey shore with a head full of momentum. Just, just saying that, <laughs> but um, yeah, Alvarez boy, that, that young man is a, uh, is a machine.
1: Yeah. He's uh, he's built and it's crazy <laughs> that he's, he's 19, which, you know, I think I'm young, but that, you know, he's almost two years younger than me. So it's kind of crazy to see what he's been doing and, uh, obviously, like I said, it's been a little bit of an adjustment. I mean, he was uh, he was lapping the competition in in St. Lucie and they had no choice but to promote him after just two weeks, which you know is is insane to think about uh, when it comes to uh, the 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 history of of minor league promotions. Usually, you give a guy like two months, but uh, he was just absolutely uh, demolishing that league. He was walking. Over twice uh, the amount of strikeouts that he had, and uh, it's been you know a bit of a flip script, and he's uh, still still figuring out the league. But like I said, he's uh, liable to absolutely crush uh, pitches uh, over the wall. So um, you know they'll they'll let him get his his. his feet under him the rest of the year uh, in Brooklyn. Maybe he gets up to double A and there's absolutely no rush. He's so young yeah. um, and still, still needs to uh, get that game experience, but uh, it's
0: been, it's been a lot of fun to watch him. That's awesome. Anybody else making, uh, making early waves? I know it's still very early on. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of been
1: interesting because of obviously the, the injuries at the major league level have forced a lot of guys from AAA Syracuse to go up to the majors, which have forced a lot of guys from the other levels to go up to, to Syracuse to fill their roster spots. And uh, it's kind of all been a, a mess over the past month. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of guys, the top two hitters in the Binghamton order have been very fun to watch. And it's Carlos Cortez and Jake Mangum. Uh, Cortez was the, uh, third round pick back in 2018. Mangum was a uh, senior sign in 2019 and started the year in Brooklyn and got a pretty quick promotion up to Binghamton. Um, it was more of a, a need promotion than a, a merit promotion, but he's, uh, you know, certainly warranted it based on how he's been hitting with Binghamton and, and Cortez has just been turning the cover off the ball. So, you know, when you look at the Mets, uh, lack of, Prospects at the upper levels, you know, it's it's mostly veteran depth. Uh, guys like Wilfredo Tovar and, uh, you know, whoever they've, they've got down there. Uh, it's certainly interesting to see homegrown guys like Cortez. Uh, potentially Mangum could turn himself into, into something interesting. Um, you know, these guys could potentially be uh, contenders to... Have you know, major league reserve roles in, in the not too distant future. So uh, Cortez is, is a guy I've really enjoyed watching and um, hoping Mark Vientos turns it around. Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle for him so far. Uh, and I, I guess the other guy I want to mention real quick is uh, Tyler McGill, the uh, starting pitcher. Started the year with Binghamton and absolutely destroyed that league uh, and got the promotion up to triple A. He made one start so far and um, he's a guy who I really think could could push for a major league cameo at some point, you know, later this year, if they, if they need someone and, and are willing to, to go off the 40 man roster and then uh, especially going to next year, I think he'll, he'll make a push. He's kind of, you know, in that DeGrom mold of uh, older guy coming up through the minors. And obviously he's, he's been hurt a little bit and, and the season was canceled last year, but uh, you know, with Matt Allen being hurt and JT Ginn having a, you know, a slow start to his pro career and, Thomas Sopaki, depending on who you ask, has been kind of up and down. Uh, McGill has certainly uh, established himself as one of the top pitching prospects in the organization, so he's, uh, he's been fun to watch.
0: Well, if, uh, if the first two-plus months of the season has taught us anything, it's that um, we might need a guy, so <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, it's all good to hear. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jacob, I cannot thank you enough for coming back to, uh, to help celebrate the 100th episode. Um, again, some of the the fun that we had and the, uh, I guess the growth that we kind of both experienced, this was, I know this was my first foray into podcasting. Um, again, I, I appreciate every every minute of it, man.
1: Absolutely. No, it was, uh, it's a blast and it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to watch you do your thing with your, uh, your, your, uh, media empire that you've, you've built from, from the ground up. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. So. Uh, you know, keep grinding and uh, looking forward to uh, to the next time. Uh, next time to come back
0: on. Oh, we will be doing it again very soon, pal. Sounds good. And where can everybody check out the new show, Mets Perspective?
1: Yeah, we've been uh, dropping them bi-weekly every other week on uh, SNY's website, social channels. It's on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and obviously SNY.TV. There's a a, a a menu at the at the top of the website that has uh, their web shows and. Uh, that's been a lot of fun you know th- I appreciate the the people over there at Sny for giving me that opportunity so um, that's perspective sny.tv. TV uh, give
0: it give it a, a look <laughs> excellent yeah guys really please do it's uh it's a lot of fun really excellent insight um, before we close uh, just a very if I listed everyone who's been a guest on the show, we'd be here for another hour. So um a special thanks to the Mets Beat Writers, the National Writers who have come on, my friends who have come on. Uh boy, uh just everyone for supporting, for listening. Uh, here's to another hundred. We will see you guys on Friday, hopefully with a few more wins to talk about. Mets only have two games before we uh before we come back on two in Baltimore. Let's hope they uh they don't slip up and and yeah. Guys, 100 more. I can't uh, I can't believe it. Let's do it. All right, Jacob, thank you again, my friend. And uh, everybody, let's go Mets.